Hey everyone, your host David Petrangelo here. Just wanted to chime in as the episode gets started just to let you know that of course, of course, the second we go and step away for a couple of weeks, uh, we get rusty and our um, technical glitches happened a little bit during our recording. So you may hear the volume change just a tiny bit or the audio quality change sort of halfway through. Um, but uh, we did record the full episode, so stick with us. Um, talk about a couple of things, something we've been playing, something we've been watching. And uh, yeah, we're just happy to be back at it. Thanks for sticking with us and um, we'll see you soon. Here's the episode. Welcome, everybody, to Back in My Day after a bit of a uh, mini hiatus, I would say. The not-so-stereotypical millennials are here with you once again to talk about uh, what we've been doing. We've been playing a couple things. We've been watching a bunch of stuff, and uh, we're going to discuss that. A little bit of Marvel, a little bit of Star Wars, and a little bit of our childhood as well. My name, of course, is David Petrangelo, and this week I am lucky enough to be joined by... Michael R. Power. And Ian Walter. Gentlemen, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, it's been far too long since we've it's had a these mics in our face. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah, yeah just a couple minutes. Uh, enough of a minute that we've watched most of Andor at this point. <laughs> so we're going to check in uh, from where we left off, which is, I think, just after the first arc and uh, going into the finale, which is happening in the next couple of days. And um, before we get to that, though, there's been a, a very uh, time-consuming, fun, interesting game out there that we've been playing. A mobile game of all things, or at least mostly mobile. It is available on Steam as well. But we've been playing a lot of Marvel Snap, the three of us. And um, one, it's cool because it's a card game. It's cool because it involves Marvel characters. love. Um, but I wanted to bring it up with you guys because I know that you guys grew up sort of collecting Marvel cards, which I think, Mike, you said before we hit record, isn't necessarily a game, but I do think that it's sort of an interesting tie-in where you guys have like a physical experience with this, where for me, I didn't even know these things existed. Um, so it's sort of like this, you know, mm -hmm. those have really cool art. A lot of the art in the game looks really great. Um, we don't really have to get into the minutia of the actual game itself, but um, Mike, I'll start with you. Like, how does it sort of feel playing the game now? Because like, you have these cards. Like you can go behind you it's, right now, open a binder, and have like a hundred mm -hmm. or two hundred cards, and be like, "Yeah, I'm gonna play, whatever, Iron Fist or whatever it is." Like it's it's kind of interesting, I think. Hundreds of cards, I would say, and yeah, it is interesting. It's almost like the 21st century version of collecting right. cards. Now it's all digital, and it's a game. And we collected cards; they were more like hockey cards, and you kind of tried to collect them all. And it wasn't necessarily a game so it's it's gamified it's digitized um but man it's it's a the game is a lot of fun and just the fact that it's marvel characters with cool art that reminds me of collecting cards from my childhood is just a bonus and it's sort of the hook that got me to check it out but the the game the satisfying gameplay and the fun gameplay is what is keeping me staying um but i'm not gonna lie like wanting to collect more cards, wanting to see the next card I'm going to collect, see the art on it is also part of the hook. And I, I actually love that part, growing my collection. I've been playing the game a lot, a lot, a lot. <laughs> uh, like a lot. Uh, buying the battle passes and doing my dailies every single day and trying to grind to the platinum rank, which I made last season, and try to grind even higher. And we've been sharing our like best cards with each other. Our crazy plays. Hearthstone. Stuff, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a crazy and I loved Hearthstone. I was a huge, yeah, huge yeah. fan of Hearthstone. Developers of Hearthstone made this. That also had that digital card collecting aspect yeah. to it. I loved like trying to make fun, interesting decks and use use your rare cards or your your fun cards. And yeah. uh it's just been a lot of fun. And I don't know. I, mean, I know Ian and I both collected the Marvel cards. So Ian, how has your experience been with Marvel Snap? Is it bringing you back to the nineties? To the days of collecting Marvel cards. Oh, definitely. Like we mentioned before, hitting record, like overpower that kind of game where you 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 are collecting cards, but you're also building decks to play a game. But this game is way more streamlined than anything I've played card based. Like it's it takes what we loved about Hearthstone and kind of makes it a game you can play in a couple minutes with only six turns mm -hmm. generally per game. And like you know, it's it's a structure where it's 
the main draw I like about Marvel Snap is that it seems to have endless gameplay. Like I compared it to a strategy card game by the name of Dominion. It's not the same in the sense that Dominion takes about 30 minutes to play, but it's very simple by its core rules. And then it gets customized by the different cards you introduce in the game. So you can have like infinite combinations and basically always have like fun trying to strategize how to adapt to whatever combinations come before you. And that, and the mm-hmm. same thing applies with Marvel snap. I think like you can have endless replayability, whether it's the different locations you're playing yeah, six I, rounds locations against another player. Huge. There's yeah. three locations. You're trying to get two out of three, your cards, they have like uh, each card has an energy cost and a power level and then could have a special ability attached with it. So each time you're playing different combinations of cards, it's like crazy things can happen that you didn't even think. Like some some of them seem to break the game, right, Dave? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've <laughs> so, had that a few times where it's just yeah. like someone has 300 on one side. I'm like, that math does not add up. I can see <laughs> yeah. it. It's like, why? How did that happen? Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then know. like as far as collecting the cards is great and the, the artwork's really great. But, you know, what reminds me of collecting cards is our cards didn't have necessarily energy costs and power levels but what some of them did do is you turn them around and you could see the stats of the the hero right you could yeah. see their abilities and stuff so you could kind of mm-hmm. use your imagination that way now it's like this game kind of does that for us we we can choose the more powerful cards that we like but you also also have to balance out your deck because you get about what is it 12 cards in your deck and it's just like yeah. You have to make sure, like, you're not going to put all these six cost cards on it because it builds up. There's a progression from one through six through six turns. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, strategy involved. And uh, I think it's fun because, like, you can think your deck's dominant and then you go up against other people's decks you've never <laughs> faced. And all of a sudden you start getting wrecked. It's it's pretty cool, though. Yeah, and just like with any, with any card game, too, it's like it depends what you draw, right? Like, you know, you yeah. might have all the cards you want, but you're not going to get you most of the time you're not going to get all of them in your hand during the game so that's kind of interesting but um you know i I think part of the draw of it is the alternate cards is the different styles is the different art style for each card like that's the variance variance variance, that's a variance (laughs) why that was not coming to mind um the variance like make your card more powerful but that's also a good thing because you want to be able to understand what a card does so when another player plays it you're familiar with what it does yeah exactly yeah so and and the variants are just like it's another card that you can you know change the style of and stuff that's really all it's fun when i get a good variant like i have this dope bishop variant and i just made a deck all around it focused on it yeah trying to make him the strong card because the variant's so cool (laughs) and i want to show it off so because there were variants of the cards that you guys had too right like a little bit i think there were some of them right well it's more like inserts uh, oh, okay. Variants yeah. is more of a comic well, book thing. Yeah, so, they're definitely like yeah. variant comic book covers. That's kind of where they draw. Um, we're going to talk about Andor up until this point. Um, as of this recording, next week is the finale. Uh, we've had quite a bit happen between uh, the last time we talked about this show and now. And um, I think the biggest thing in between, well, I guess there's been two, is the Aldani heist. So we're going to talk straight spoilers, like just straight up. We're going to spoil things as we talk about this because we have to. Um, I don't know if we can without doing that. <laughs> but uh, but the Aldani heist, I think, is, is you know, the end of one of the arcs. There's sort of a, an episode in between that's a, a bit of a, a middleman, so to speak. Um, I wouldn't say filler because that sounds like it's uh, negative and it's, it wasn't a bad episode or anything like that. Um, and then there's the the prison break as well, which yeah. happened uh, uh, recently as well. So um, I let, let's go overall how we felt, how we've have felt things have been going and if we've enjoyed the show from from the start till now um and then we'll sort of talk about points that we've really kind of enjoyed you know more more in particular and where we think the show is going to go for the finale and uh before we start talking about that once that comes out too so um mike i want to start with you actually have you how do have you been feeling through the show and when what points kind of have stood out to you as like your your favorites yeah um i love the show a lot I think it's great. I think it's like the Star Wars uh, version of prestige television, like an HBO drama. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think I might've mentioned last time, but that's what it really feels like to me. It's really toned down on the action. It's really about the characters, character development, 
almost like Game of Thrones style. The talking in the rooms is what's really interesting, yeah, and all the talking in dynamics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and people so talking in the rooms. They're crushing it, really. It's in a you know at this point, I'm enjoying Star Wars TV more than I am the movies, which is which is crazy. Uh, you know, I said the best thing since the original trilogy uh, was the Mandalorian, and now I'm thinking Andor. Yeah, is <laughs> up there too. So, point. Um, it's great, and uh, I love. I actually like Stellan Skarsgård's character the best. I think that he has the best scene so far. We'll get into it later, okay. but yeah. I think my favorite scene so far was one of his. Okay, nice, nice, yeah. yeah. He's he's been an, an awesome awesome character for sure. Uh, Ian, what about you? Yeah, I agree. I think this show's firing on all cylinders. I think it's probably the best, well, most well written series we've gotten, maybe on Disney Plus, in my opinion. Um, and it's very captivating. Like it's not for everybody. And I think if you're going in specifically for Star Wars, like not to say it's not Star Wars, because I think it really is Star Wars, mm-hmm. but it's not like as pulpy or as like action adventure as like you typically get from Star not as, Wars. Uh, not as lightsabery, not as lightsabery as like uh, the frequency. force is like <laughs> almost nowhere to be found here, but right. like they kind of make up for that in some interesting ways and they still stay true to Star Wars, in my opinion, by kind of expanding on the uh, galaxy and you know with the politics and everything mm-hmm. with the isb the imperial security bureau i think everything that's coming out of the show whether it's the character development the new like cool locations the the way they highlight that the building up of the rebellion wasn't just it didn't happen overnight like it took yeah. like you needed yeah, resources yeah, yeah. you needed like a mass wealth you needed, but it's, like, it's more than that the building of the rebellion takes a long time it's that building a rebellion you it's almost like it's almost like treating them like a terrorist organization like yeah it's almost like showing that a rebellion has to stoop to the lows which is like such a brave and interesting thing from the dune star wars because in the original trilogy it's like the rebellion is just like the good guys yeah dark side and this adds ton of gray to the yeah, rebellion yeah. and it's like yes obviously the empire is evil and you have to take them down and you have to do whatever is possible, but they're actually showing the dirty work mm-hmm. and the stuff that goes into like a rebellion, how it's not such black and white. It, there is a lot of na- gray and like the like, Stellan Stars are scene is why that's why it's my favorite scene. Cause it like, it hammers that point home. And um, so does rogue one actually. And this actually movie makes, well, me yeah. And I really love better about rogue rogue one. I got to watch rewatch rogue one. Cause I'm like, um, you know, out of all of us, I'm the, definitely the lowest on Rogue One. I didn't enjoy it that much. And I wonder if I watched it again, how, if I would like it more. But I just thought it was a bit of a mess of a movie. So I didn't have any problem with the tone or the themes. It was just the plotting of it. So it does make me appreciate Rogue One a little bit more. So yeah, that's cool too. Yeah, I, I've been I've been really enjoying this from start to finish. Like there's nothing in here that I've really been... Like there's a couple points that we'll get to more specifically in the last couple episodes where I'm just like, oh, well, they sort of dropped the ball on that or whatever. But we'll we'll get into the specifics when we get to that point. But none of it is making me not love this show. I think it's excellent. And I do think um, unless they really crap the bed in the finale and and in season two, which we know is coming, um, this is a better show than, than The Mandalorian. It just is. I just think. I, you know, I don't need like, like it's, it's great. Mandalorian's awesome. Um, There's, you know, whatever. We're not going to get into that sort of like argument, which one's better. It's it just, I'm enjoying, like you said, Ian, the storytelling of this. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's been a lot of calls out there, us included saying like, we need something newer from Star Wars. We need to separate ourselves from the Skywalker saga. And this show doesn't do that, but at least it's doing something new literally every like 20 minutes. Like there's something you haven't seen, something you haven't heard before, uh, some connection that you haven't made before and realization. And a lot of it is character building. And a lot of it is uh, the sacrifices that need to be done in order to get something like this off the ground, uh, like a rebellion. And I think it's done amazingly well. And I, 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 the, the only thing 
against this show for me is I think that it hurts that it's called Andor. I think that is a mistake <laughs> because it's not because I don't like his character. It's not because he's not doing a good job. It's not because I don't like Rogue One. It has nothing to do with that stuff. It's just part of it is a perception, I think, is like there's people out there that don't know who Andor is because they just don't. Uh, maybe they haven't seen Rogue One or they just forgot what his name was or there's a decent amount of people out there that just straight up don't like Rogue One or are just sort of middling on it. Automatically, yeah. those people will be uninterested. And I think that everyone should be watching this show. I think it's that good. And so I see what you're saying. Like, Andor, it presents a marketing problem is what you're saying, basically, right? But it's it's um, a marketing problem. And also, I, I don't think it's his show, at least not right now. Well, like, I think it's so, about the group. And I know that he's connected to all these people and these stories. And I think in the finale, he's going to be a center point, And it's all going to kind of yeah. link together and everything. But up until this point so far, 60 or 70% of the show is not him. And I think that's a good thing, not because his character's crap, not because he's acting poorly. It's just I like the fact that we are seeing all these different pockets and how yeah. they all work. Uh, we're seeing both sides of the story as well, which is awesome. Um, you know, the fact that you have any kind of sympathy whatsoever for any characters uh, in the Empire is is just great. Yeah, you know, yeah. Either have sympathy, strong. or you're like interested, legitimately interested in how exactly. they go yeah, about their day exactly. and do stuff. so. They're captivating in that way. Yeah, it's it's not a necessarily a problem with the show, but I I don't think I I don't know how else you do it. I don't know how what else you call it or whatever. It's not a huge deal either way. I just hope that more people end up watching this show. Yeah, and just you know I don't know subtitle. I hope so too. I and, think or the rebellion to... rises. I don't know. You know what I mean? I think like Disney Plus like said that they were starting to release it on other uh, networks too. So that's oh, a good are they? Thing. Okay. So that'll get it out there. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I think this is Tony Gilroy, right? He did yeah. Rogue One. He was responsible for finishing it and he wrote it. And I think this is very much a Rogue One baby. So while I agree with you, it's a good thing that like they're not just focusing on Andor, that they've got this whole kind of spread on on how the rebellion came up. I think that when you look at how this series started and we look at where it's headed, we're probably going to check in on Andor the most frequently and and have he's going to have the most complete arc by the end of this thing because yeah, yeah. There, there are loose threads that they probably won't even touch on by the end of season one that they might carry forward into like a season two. Yep. And ultimately we know where it picks up in Rogue One. So when you consider Rogue One, the two central characters are Cassie Andor and Jin Erso. We know this is not called Erso, so her story is mainly focused on that film, mm -hmm. whereas Andor is clearly the guy that's like, you know, he maybe the rebellion wouldn't, it would still exist with without him but i don't think they well they obviously wouldn't have succeeded without him right so he's right he is that kind of central character and then you've got these other figures like mon mothma and luthan which is great i think it's an interesting dynamic because both of them need to be ruthless and willing to do anything but they're both approaching it differently where i think like luthan's kind of already too far gone like he's like he he, he even mentions himself that he doesn't Think he's going to see the sunset following this this war yeah he knows so he's it's not like, making it out of this so he's yeah. like he whereas ron mothma is much more like hopeful like will she be able to ride the storm we know she she ends up kind of being a major part of the rebellion in the in the movies but like can she kind of save her soul in the process whereas like some of the other characters are starting to make questionable choices or have been making questionable choices it's just you know it's not going to end well for them but like it's fun to watch their mm -hmm. kind of journey through and and also know like mike said that a lot of this stuff that's in the gray area was necessary or else the rebellion would never have stood a chance yeah let's um, let's and, uh let's and dig both into of that those, part yeah yeah both of those characters i mentioned luthan and mon mothma they mentioned how like you know mon mothma was talking about being inspired by palpatine in some of her moves like she knows she has to get down and dirty to get the job done so mm -hmm. it'll be interesting to see how she develops i think she has more of like a slower development than even luthan and i think luthan's like just getting getting business she's handled. my she's my second favorite character and i think her scenes are the second most interesting thing after yeah luthan definitely stuff. they're excellent they're That's, absolutely excellent yeah and yeah, she's great really like good. she is just a, doing only, such a bang-up um, job we talked praises like we praise the show a lot i will say the show to be a main is it's it's also a really good show because this show is not going to be a mainstream hit 
I just think it's too slow, honestly, for most people that come to Star Wars or come to sci-fi. It's the polar opposite of Book of Boba Fett, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. more of a can be more of a niche show, and I, I think that's fine. I think yeah. my favorite sci-fi movie is Blade Runner, and that's almost like a niche thing. And you know, or um, Ex Machina. You know, like I love these sci-fi shows that are more about the message and the thoughts experiment behind it than flash being flashy or you know, action. But mm-hmm. I do find the show a bit slow. And I do think even they admitted that when they released, you know, two, I think it was three episodes, right? Three. Like day yeah. one. And I think like, Oh no, two, sorry, two, two. And then the third. Yeah, they released three. Cause the third oh, three. Yeah. The like, third I find one it interesting, was... but I even leave some episodes like it, like it's very much like game of Thrones with some episodes, just a lot of talking. And it's like, you're gripped by it, but you're left with like, ooh, I came up to the next episode because I want to see how this plays out. Yeah, yeah. It's even that, even that like, in between episode that was between the yeah. two, you know, most like recent arcs. So it, yeah, yeah it was still great. Like, it still mm-hmm. had a lot to do. They, there was a lot of character development. You know, it ends in a great way. Like, it, it, it's that episode is is really good. I'm I, you know, I think the end of each arc is is like the action scene, like the extended action scene, and those are really really well done. Um, but all the stuff in between, despite it, you know, being slow, like you said, Mike, I think, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't think that we're saying that they're they're poorly done or anything. I just I see what you mean, though. Like, there is a difference there between it being a little bit more flashy and ones that are about people yeah. d- discussing their problems or whatever. Although, you know, Mad Men is one of the slowest shows, I think, in the world. And it, it is the to me, it's still the best show out there. And <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I, I would say by was, extension, The Wire, right? The Wire is the a really wire, slow show, yeah. but The Wire is like it was huge, one of the best too. shows on HBO. So, yep. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like to some degree, Sopranos is a pretty slow. Like, yeah. But, but when you see Star Wars uh, in the when you see yeah. Star Wars in the title, this yeah. is not what you expect. I, I, I just I wish I, I hope like through over time, regardless of how people watch it, that they find they find a way to watch the show and really appreciate what they're doing because you don't I don't think you really have to be like it doesn't have to be a Star Wars show if it wasn't this would still be a great show yeah um, and I think that that's that's awesome I think that's great I think it will find an audience like I think after and you know Mandalorian being a, a much flashier show but even after one season like season two was highly anticipated and more people were telling people to check mandalorian out and i think like if this season finishes strong then there's gonna be a lot of people urging people to check it out before season two comes along right? mm-hmm. so that kind of thing and you mentioned the the big arcs having like that big action kind of set piece and i think that you're right those only those work better because of the long setup the long form yeah the lead up yeah for sure because if you had something like the aldani heist and it was like in one episode they're doing like a training montage and then they just go and do the heist like it wouldn't feel yeah. genuine it wouldn't feel earned <laughs> training like, montage yeah yeah like, like they actually spend episodes like like getting ready for this heist. well and why and then, it's important to have all these characters yeah. in it and, and even in the prison stuff even even when they're doing that like there's so many people there's literally thousands of people in that prison and they find of course a few there to 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 focus in on like mainly his his group that Andor is with, but like those um those characters you you care about you know or at least you know enough about them that you're rooting for them especially Andy Serkis's character who's yeah just did like an, he just pretty much an a standout job. like yeah. surprise I didn't know he's gonna be in the show and yeah when he comes along like he's a welcome addition like it is just you know again firing on on all cylinders all of the actors are doing an incredible job. Um, even through like well like the dialogue is great but like sometimes it's minimal like it's mostly like expressions and like real drama being played out right so it's mm-hmm. it's a it's been an interesting thrill ride we're on we just finished the penultimate episode um it's definitely setting up i want to like we'll, we'll talk a little bit what we liked about those two major action set pieces but then i want to find out what you guys think like, where is this headed? What's the final episode going to be like? And what are you excited to see? Like, what are you hoping to see? There yeah. have been a couple things. Like, it's not a perfect show by any means. I, I love it. I think it's one of the better shows. But, uh, like, there are a couple things where it's like, okay, they set something up that I don't know if they realized, like, I was going to be expecting it to pay off or, like, they just, like, Ooh, I intentionally, hear that. <laughs> intentionally would pivot away from something because they didn't have like you know they wanted to focus on other things which is fine like there's as there's, long as one, they keep there's me... one thing in in this in this 11th episode that that 
that did that to me where it's just like, oh, okay, uh, that was that decision. Um, yeah. I, I I think that the I think like just briefly so we can touch on those sort of like uh, um, I guess mini finales like mini boss finales I guess you could call them. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think the Aldani heist one is like we my got favorite. a heist and a prison break. Like that's pretty impressive. Yeah, the heist is season, my favorite right? episode now, and it's not necessarily because like it was the most action or it was the. I just I really enjoyed the setting and how everything was plotted around this like you know what, what's it called all the stuff in the sky i can't remember what they called it now the eye right is that what oh, it was yeah, called yeah well yeah, yeah that, that, that it yeah. looked amazing they incorporated it into their plan uh they end up being in it like literally Climb. in it as they're escaping like all of that stuff was so interesting it, it there's a lot of weight that comes with the end of the episode because people don't make it um yeah you know all of that stuff i think is what made that and then the lead up to it is great as well and you know i think the prison break stuff was was awesome um but somehow the the, the eldani one i i just I, I really enjoyed that that's been my favorite so far so um i think story-wise we got yeah. a lot from the eldani heist i think the prison one for me elevated the show in a way where it's like okay yeah we knew it was going to be a roughly three episode arc of him in the prison but like you really did get the sense that he was in there for a while. You really do like get this kind of dystopian dire tone to it. You know, you've read books like 1984 or you've watched THX, one of Lucas, you know, THX yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> one of Lucas film. So it's just like, yeah, definitely like a, even Mike, we mentioned Blade Runner. Like there's just like this sci-fi quality to it where I think Star Wars is mostly fantasy sci-fi, but it emphasizes on the fantasy with the force and the Jedi and everything. And this is really giving darker tones some yeah so maybe some maturity to it like this is not a kid show by any means so it's like you know it's just having those major set pieces like it pays it pays off it's like okay it's not just a slow show like i'd say you can call it slow but you can't call it boring like it definitely exactly, like, exactly. it pays yeah. attention to what yeah. it's setting up and then it pays it off like it's yeah Part it's part definitely... of that too, uh, Mike is as you mentioned, like Luthen's been your favorite character, and he has like mm -hmm. a particular scene. So like, it's it's almost like he has. I think I know which one you're referring to, but you, mm -hmm. you can mention it. Um, those scenes themselves, where he has his like monologues, or he has his like certain character moments and stuff. Those are almost like action scenes with words. You know, like that's yes. kind of what they are. Because mm -hmm. he and he's mm -hmm. so impactful for what's going on. So let's dive into that a little bit because I think that's. A big favorite point that a lot of people have been talking about yeah so we talked about the aldani heist i love those episodes too um yeah i think we're all agree like it's a it's build up and then it's payoff in the third episode and the show has been set up where they've brought like i think it's right but it's like a writer and director team comes in to do three episodes yeah yeah well and they so, did that for the major like the first mm -hmm. three was toby haynes and then the uh the aldani heist was like Susanna white so they had like three episode stretches, but then it's it's the most unique format of a series because then they have that seventh episode that kind of seems to stand alone, and they have three prison episodes. Like I think the most the most well written episodes of the series written by Bo Willemot, and then um, yeah, just like and then now these these last two have been written by uh, um, his name is escaping me, but the last mm -hmm. two have been well, well written as well. So I think like Tony Gilroy has written the finale. And that would make sense because he wrote Rogue One and he directed the last two. So, right. yeah. So I think like it's really coming to a head at this point. Yeah. yeah so, so. Sorry, I think... sorry, sorry. It was my bad. Tony Gilroy wrote the last two okay. and I think he's directing the finale. The finale. Um, okay. That's why I couldn't, I couldn't remember the name of the writer because yeah, yeah. Tony Gilroy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that, that like sort of what a quote unquote filler episode, still a good episode. Um, the Luthen scene I'm talking about was just this amazing scene where you find out that one of the ISB agents oh, has yeah. been a mole for the rebellion this whole time. But what we know about Luthen is that, yeah, he's the rebellion. He's the quote unquote good guy, but he, he's, he's the good guy. Yes. But he uses people to get mm -hmm. what he needs and what he wants. So the ultimate goal is taking on the empire and he has to stoop to their level and you know do whatever it takes to beat them and then you find out this isb guy and it's almost like he he this guy is a mole yes but it's it's almost like against his will because he mentions like you know you had a daughter and all this 
And then the guy's kind of complaining. I don't remember his name, but he's kind of complaining about, you know, oh my God, I'm sacrificing so much. Like I want to get out. He wants to get out. I'm sacrificing so much. And what have you sacrificed? And he gives like, I don't know, maybe put it in here if you can, Dave, with your editing magic, but he gives like the best monologue, like best monologue I've heard in, I would say, want to say all of Star Wars. We need heroes, Lonnie, and here you are. And what do you sacrifice? Calm. Kindness, kinship. Love. I've given up all chance at inner peace. I made my mind a sunless space. I share my dreams with ghosts. I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago from which there's only one conclusion. I'm damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my, my eagerness to fight. They set me on a path from which there's no escape. I yearn to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost. And by the time I look down, there's no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is my, what is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. Now the ego that started this fight will never have a, a mirror or an audience or, or the light of gratitude. So what do I sacrifice? Everything! Yeah, everything. Some of the signs he, he some of the lines he says, I've given up all chance of inner peace. I've made my mind a sunless space. I share my dreams with ghosts. Like every and the way he delivers it, Stellan Scarsard, like what an actor to hire for that scene. Anyways, I just I love that scene. Because it's also a way better execution, like a thousand times better than uh, like Hux in Rise of Skywalker or something <laughs> like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Where uh, not 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 saying that you have to compare, but it's basically like another mole in star wars another example of a mole in star wars i think it's probably the best oh my god i forgot that he was a mole yeah exactly terrible turn that was yeah so um, so i have a different favorite scene from okay let's see which was this most recent episode and i've loved the in the past when he checked in with saw guerrera i love the idea that like saw was like doing his own thing and you can see how he's already kind of really paranoid and we know he gets even more so by the time we see him in rogue one so i really love Anytime we got a snippet from Sagarera, it was like really expanding on his characterization and a progression, right? We see him a lot more like he's paranoid, but he's still like he's very much in the field and he's trying, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's trying as hard as he can to fight the Empire in his own way. But then he's got this guy who he kind of has a mutual respect for in Luthen. But the this most recent time where he shows up, they have this incredible exchange where Luthen is forcing the choice on Saw Gerrera to decide whether or not to burn Anto Krieger. And it's unreal the way he does it. Like the way they go back and forth, the way Luthen was able to conceal the weapon. Like he, he obviously brought the weapon, but they didn't know it was a blaster. Like it's just like the, that whole interplay between them. And then two tubes getting like thrown on the bus there was hilarious. <laughs> I think well, he right? didn't, didn't he steal his, I think he stole, stole the gun. two tubes. So yeah. I yeah. thought that it was actually this artifact that he had brought and they didn't know that's what it was. His, I think that's his, um, that cane thing that he had at the beginning, like in the first couple episodes in the second or third episode where he meets up with Andor, he has like a, like a cane that's almost like extends and he kind of uses it as, as like a weapon thing. I, I don't know. I, I think that's what it was, but so what? So either you're thinking that he was riling two tubes up to get him close. So he yes. steal the, because for, yeah. for some reason, and then he I gives it back like to it, Saul. It was yeah. like a baton yeah. that like expanded out into a yeah. blaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he concealed it. So I thought it was the one he brought to the, I, no, I think he okay. stole, I think he stole it from two tubes. Yeah. 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 Well, well either way, that, that, that scene was awesome. incredible because, uh, Sagarer really makes it convincing, like, and and it's almost yeah. justifiable why he's so paranoid when you see him in Rogue One, when you see the way that like Luthen's been manipulating him, and so you know before we talk about what our expectations of uh, the finale would be, I did want to mention uh, my thing was uh, where I thought they were gonna give us was after we talked about the first episodes, 
well, during the first three episodes, actually, they were setting up for this um, dinner. Like, Mon Mothma was going to attend a dinner, mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. kind of just glossed over it. I may have mentioned it when we initially talked about it, but it's been 11 episodes now. And I think overall of this show, like, that was one thing where it's like, okay, well, they spent a lot of time talking about the dinner, and then we never got to see it. Now, what we did get was, like, the Aldani heist and everything was great. But I think it would have been cool if we had, like, even a couple minutes of just like yeah i think what they did instead it seemed like that was like one of those it was like setting up almost like the the budding head relationship that she has with her husband more than it is the actual dinner itself and then like the next episode or the next couple episodes we had like these sort of dinner party type things not even necessarily at their at their place but at other places so you sort of got an idea of what those were like anyways that's right but yeah that particular scene you know, they made a point of it for five minutes between this discussion and then it never actually came to light. For me, it's been what happened to the stuff of him as a kid. That's gone. That well, was yeah, interesting. Was, we really just enjoyed that first three episodes. Yeah. But that's kind of what I was saying. Like it's called and or so they I think they got a return to that stuff at some point. I, maybe I, it'll might, be down the line. Well, it might be what they do in, in season two. Right. Yeah. They might maybe in season two, they'll start in a similar way. And they'll relate how the show starts because how... I think they do got to address the sister because he was looking yes, for her. Absolutely. Um, she so might show gotta, up. At, gotta... She might show up in the finale. She might show up. And, in the finale. And yeah. So so that's you know? a good point. So let's talk about that, I because I think they've put a lot of pieces in place for the final like 40 minutes, whatever we're going to get in this finale. Yeah. So what would you like to see from a finale of season one of Andor? And like, what do you where do you think it's headed? I don't have a lot to be honest. Are you okay. like, are you excited about the finale, Mike? <clears throat> yes. Yes. I'm excited for the finale. And <laughs> uh, maybe uh... obviously, cause it's been a great show, <laughs> but um, I'm just basically along for the ride. I really don't know where it's going to take me. I think Andor and Karn is it mm-hmm. are going to come to a head at his mom's funeral. And um, other than that, I don't really have anything else. And, I mean that, that that's what they're that's yeah. what they're doing, right? I mean, I I I actually I, I that's what's that's what's likely going to happen, whether they actually fight or whether they actually mm-hmm. battle or whether they just like see each other at the end and that's where it ends. Like w- whatever it's going to be, it seems like it's all going to come back to that place. One thing I didn't I didn't I didn't I don't really like about the setup is how um how she's just gone. They didn't she really dies give off, her... She dies off screen. She I was going to ask screen. you guys how you felt about that. Yeah, like she's such a she's done such a good job. Is that the thing job. that you were alluding to earlier? Yeah, that's what I was alluding yeah. to earlier is that like she's done such a good job with the few moments that she's had. She's an excellent actress and the connection that they had is obviously very important. They built upon that in the first few episodes and then all of a sudden she's gone and like I think probably what happened and I was saying this as I was watching the show with my wife the other day was that I think they probably did a scene. They probably shot a scene, but they just didn't have time and had to get cut. Or because they, they only shot have so a much scene time. and they made the choice to have it be like this this thing that just kind of happens to like Andor doesn't get like he has to go to the funeral because that's his only form of closure, right? Yeah. So like yeah. there is something to be said for like having to just react to this thing that happened because it's not something you would see in most TV shows. It's not something that you would think the way they would handle it, but it's like, it happens in life. Like you don't always get to say goodbye to people. It's like, exactly. Yeah. They just, they just go. Right. And, and, and a year has passed while he's been in the prison, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's been roughly that. And now I don't think that they shot a scene with Andor, but at her bedside when she passes away, I think they might've shot a scene that would have happened when he's still not there. Like, that's what I like either way. I think him missing her passing away is exactly what you said. That's just life. And that's part of the sacrifice and the issues that he's having to yeah. deal with to become the person that he is. And that's totally fine. I'm fine with that. I just, I I, I had this like, Oh, I thought we were going to see her one more time. That would have been nice. Yeah. And, but that's it. That's really it. Um, I, I do. I, you know, it's sort of ex- it, everything in this in this show or most things in the show has been fairly unexpected, whether it's the characters or where the story is going to go 
Um, you know, we never expected any of these, you know, three episode arcs to be these like the heist and the and the and you know the the prison break and all that that stuff. Like we never really expected that kind of thing specifically. Um, so I'm a little bit like, oh, now that everything's coming to the head in the finale, it's almost like well, we kind of expected that. And I wish we sort of something would happen that we don't expect, but that's also me just nitpicking because I think it's going to be awesome either way. Okay, so you think like a showdown on Ferrix is like a predictable ending. I think I think they set it up in this episode for it to be to be that. And I I sat there at the end of the episode going, oh, that that makes sense. Whereas with all the other ones, whether it's within a three episode arc or whether it's, you know, episode one and episode five i i never really saw how all that was going to be playing out and now i do but i could be wrong and also even if i if that is exactly what's going to happen it's probably still going to be great because everything until now has been great so i don't think i'm going to be disappointed it's more like this like oh i wish it was this but that's also sort of a silly expectation too and it's well, I hope I don't ruin any expectations. I definitely have some thoughts on how it might go down, and I think yeah, go for it, man. It's pretty exciting to to think of like okay, so they did a really good job, like I said, with the writing in the series, and like majority of the players that we've been introduced to are actually going to end up on Ferrix by the yes. end of it. Yeah. So you know whether it's Deidre Miro who's like like creating this thing where that she allowed the permit for the funeral and you know, set them in a box. So you think it's a trap, right? Um, and then you got Cyril Karn, who's kind of going and doing his own thing, but he hates Cassian. Um, but I, speaking of Marvel, like hopping off screen, like that was kind of a surprise, but I kind of appreciated the way that it was just like, okay, that happened and this is how everyone has to react. And we got the great moment with B. And the thing about it, I like, I think the thing I like about this show the most is it's showing how, the rebellion it's not just like straightforward like okay sign up for the rebellion and now you're part of the rebel alliance it's like yeah all these different factions some of them play well together some of them are independent of each other it's all a com- a community it's a common goal of like we hate the empire and how do yeah. we take them down and so even though marva much like how i said cassian is like a pivotal part of the rebellion but he's not like the be all end all it's just like he was a difference maker marva was not technically affiliated with the rebellion like officially but she feels like the mother of the rebellion in ways because she's been fighting her entire life and so i think like maybe she's gone off screen but we might get flashbacks with her and clem marva and clem like as Cassid's coming up we might or we might not or this is the end of her story either way like in the present this is the end of her story and what i honestly think is going to happen is that in the way that she was always a fighter wanted to stand her ground on ferrix knew kind of the way they did things on Ferrix and knew about the tunnel. I think that's going to come into play. So I think that like the funeral, everyone thinks it's the ISB's trap. It's a trap, Mm -hmm. right? But I think that's a misdirection. I really, I hope that... (laughs) He pops up in the corner like the guy for like Mortal Kombat. It's a trap. It's a trap. (laughs) But like not in the way where it has to happen the way I want it to go, but I hope that it plays out in a way where they turn the tables on the empire. They they get to win the day for the finale and they get to turn this funeral into a surprise attack, you know, where that's probably what they're planning for. I think the daughters of Ferrix mean something that we don't necessarily know. Yeah. And they're preparing and getting B to help them and they're going to be setting up on the empire. I really hope they turn that in. That's and a, so it's that's not very just possible. like a traditional, like, oh, we're setting up and there's going to be tragedy. Like, I hope it's going to be like, more so like clapping back on the empire like our first i know that the crawl of a new hope is our first major victory is technically rogue one is the first major victory well this isn't major but i think that like this is very like i said it's it's like ferrix rising up and this is like the first spark of the rebellion where yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we're starting to rise up and understand that there's not just one way of doing things in the galaxy that well and and like and, and it's it's a you this is something that maybe other people hear about. Maybe they don't, but it is literally a galactic war. And this is just a battle on this planet or two. Right. And, you know, there's only so much that, that you can do as like a large group and those small battles is what gets you to victory. Right. So if this is even something that we don't hear about in, in the original three movies, which we, which we don't, because how could you, but, um, 
you know, even like the, the the whispers of this small victory at a funeral, how they toppled the empire and all that, like that could be part of what sparks Rogue One and what comes after that and season two and what gets Andor to start flipping a little bit closer to being the guy in the rebellion and being yeah, general. And I think he's already started, right? Because he was trying to give a message and he was saying like i think she'd be proud of me yeah so i think he's yeah. kind of starting to make that turn so i think right season two might be a bit more like actual like um you know concentrated efforts of the rebellion like him rising up the ranks well him, him and rebellion. my mothma but, i think are going to be the, yeah. the primary characters in season two like and that's a good point yeah. like i don't know are they going to be able like i'm interested most into seeing what happens with mon mothma because i don't know if we can get through a good chunk of her story in one episode. Like I think yeah. she's got to bleed into season two and kind of develop oh, a yeah. bit more. Right. She will. And that's totally fine. I just wondering, I, I think with her, I think um, she needs to leave her family behind at some point. And I think they've laid the groundwork for her marrying off her daughter. She obviously doesn't but like really seem to how care well about written her husband, is that so. because it's messed she's up, saying man. that the <laughs> husband, even though he's a douche, he's more open minded that she shouldn't right. have to follow right, the right, ways. Right. That's true. she obviously doesn't want her to, but her daughter does. So now it's like, you know, uh, you could say she could take the easy way out and go through with it because she's already leaning that way. But I think it's really messing with Mon Mothma yeah. that like this is kind of a battle for her family. It's a battle for her soul. Like, does committing to the rebellion mean she has to trash her family basically is what is is an interesting i think that's what the show is that's a lot of the show is saying is that you have to yeah sacrifice all your morals to do to take down the empire you just stoop to their level and that's what yeah yes but i also think there's an interesting dynamic between mon mothma and luthan where she's kind of like taking a page out of luthan's book but also sees how dangerous it can be to like go full Luthan, even mm-hmm. though he's a necessary evil. Mm-hmm. I think like there are there are things to be said, questionable things like about what he's done to get oh, yeah. to where he is. Like yeah, yeah, I th- it, I th- right? yeah, and I think yeah, that he he's knows so it, yeah. committed that he's lost like the idea of like what uniting everybody in a rebellion would actually accomplish. Like it's he's he's lost that kind of a collective mentality. He's kind of gone like rogue almost like Sagarera would and that's the one other thing i wanted to touch on do you think there's enough time inside this finale that we're actually going to see this spellhouse operation yeah, with, with it has krieger? to be yeah it has to be the secondary plot line the, the krieger plot line intercut with the funeral plot line that's the finale and so i i ask you this because we it seemed that based on Sagarera's dialogue with luthan that they reconciled they both understood it was for the greater good and it's let's call it war is what he says mm-hmm. i have a sneaky suspicion we're going to see some x-wing action i think uh Sagarera is going to decide to go and help Krieger, damn the odds yeah. and fuck it and let's do it and i think that's what he's going to do and i think that's going to fuck with him even more when he realizes like man luthan's really been like like all these different factions like nobody's really coordinated and he's going to stay isolated for the entire time like maybe we check in on him in season two or maybe it's just like you know his big battle is the finale of season one. I, th- I think he, he, I think he probably comes back. Like obviously he survived, so he's going to come back at some point. But, um, but I'm okay with him. Like he needs to take that extra turn. Like what if his decision? Sorry to cut you yeah. off, but what no, if no. His, his decision to join or help out Anto Krieger is part of why why we see him. You know, he he kind of has like that mechanical like Vader type yeah, yeah, yeah. appearance in Rogue One. And he's, so yeah. maybe like he gets real fucked up by making the decision to do the right thing. And that like it, helps it twist could, his it mind. It could be that. Yeah, like that. it could be that. I mean, there could be a combination. It could be just one of another thing that happens, you know, in six episodes from now into season two or whatever. Right. So yeah, he, I think, I think, you know, he's such a, he's such a, he's such an interesting character. He's been obviously in other shows. He's been in another movie. He's a great actor. Like all of that stuff means like he's going to, he was in Jedi fallen order. He was in Fallen Order, like all of that stuff. Like it's, it's. I think it's, it's just inviting him to come back for season two, and this could be yeah. a perfect setup for that, and an interesting way to see him next. Um, yeah, I don't think there's enough time to really wrap up or sort of get everything. I think perfectly, but we also don't know if the episode's going to be like an hour long or forty minutes. But even if it is only 40, 45 minutes, which some of these have been. It, they never feel too short or too long to me. I think they always sort of have done a really good job of using that runtime efficiently. And um, and I and I'm interested. 
I, I mean, honestly, I don't I don't really actually care if this last episode is not going to be like the best one or perfect yeah. because I, whatever it sets up, I'm watching season two and I think I'm just I'm, I'm in either way. Yeah, so. I would have to agree. I think like yeah. we're all in the bag for this. We want to see how it, you know, if it, we're all hoping it finishes strong. Of um, course, sure. You know, you mentioned that this was like clearly the better show. I think it's. I can agree certainly that it's better written and I think Mm. they're just very different style shows. Um, Whereas like the Mandalorian is to like the, like return of the Jedi kind of like picks up the pieces, but it like feels like it fits with those Mm -hmm. films. Mm -hmm. Whereas this is to rogue one, what Mandalorian is to return of the Jedi. This like fits in with like the tone of rogue one and what they were Mm -hmm. trying to accomplish inside of that. Sure. So like, so like they are very different. Like this is less for kids than, say like anything else that Any, anything i think than anything yeah um, for sure but uh you know I, I think it's perfect for the fans that have grown up and want to see some uh, like adult material like ma- you know mature star wars right? yeah yeah it's it's uh it's a thinking man's not a thinking man show but you know what i mean like it's it's got a little bit more um yeah it's it's got that more adult pace to it and everything it's not that it's super violent because it's not it's not that it's like super complicated because it's it's at times it's not but it's just it has that different type of writing and you know what i think um as you were mentioning who was writing and directing these episodes i think it just goes to show you what they flip-flopped on in uh in the sequel trilogy and how not really having a plan regardless of which yes. of those movies you like or which of ones you don't yeah. or whether you like all they or needed a showrunner like these series yeah like the fact that the guy that that did a, a good chunk of work on rogue one is the showrunner for this is a perfect example, whether it's a prequel or not, or a sequel, it doesn't really matter. Like the fact that they're linked together, this guy knows what he wants to do and how he wants to yeah. do it, at least for the most part. And it shows and it makes sense. Uh, and that's why I think well, part of the reason yeah. why the quality is so high. I want to add, I want to add to it that what makes it great is that Tony Gilroy, like, doesn't really give a shit about Star Wars. I was gonna say he the same thing. He just yeah. wants to tell a good story. Like, yes. Story first. That's exactly. what's so he and I've heard other places report this where like he has the story, he has what he wants the story to be, and he'll give it to like the the Lucasfilm story group, like the story Lucas group, story group and yeah. they'll put in and they'll link the it, references, put in like, the references, and put in the things. What fits? He what he's trying to do here? He doesn't like, care. Yeah. About it. Didn't doesn't waste any of his great bank brain capacity on any of the star wars stuff he just wants to tell a good sci-fi character-driven story and that's what's important right mm-hmm. that's what makes it a great show it, it's true because it doesn't really often feel like a star wars story and that's you know what like what is a star wars story it is really the original three movies and yeah. what those feel like I just like and maybe the prequels like that's what a star wars movie or show is and of you know that's what they like there's that sort of I don't know. There's a, an undescribable feel, I think, to them, and this doesn't have that. Yeah, well, yeah. But now like it the just first shows rightfully so, thing. right? Because like, yeah, the if first... your main character is Luke Skywalker, a little far- like a farm boy, he's gonna have a very different experience in the Star Wars yeah. galaxy than someone who had to fight since they were the age of six, right? Like, yeah, it's like yeah. it's very different tones. Sorry, yeah, like, you're saying I'm just saying when the first three movies were made, there was no Star Wars, so they were just making yeah. their own thing. They were telling a good story. Then when the prequels got made, it was like. It had it to be to Star Wars. In. It has yeah. to be Star Wars. It has to mm-hmm. explain who Darth Vader is and Metaclorians and why they're shit and all that. Yeah, you can't take and a then, shit on Tatooine without saying where Jabba's yeah, been. Exactly. Or like... <laughs> and then the second sequel that Disney bought, it's like, we bought Star Wars. We have to do the Star Wars thing. So they kind of, with Force Awakens, just told the same story over again, right? And it's like, no, it's like, it's like, get people who want to tell good stories first and mm-hmm. then fit it into your universe, not the other way around. Don't yeah. try to and tell. It, don't try and to tell it shows story about your universe. This That's is a perfect a example. Point. Perfect yeah. example why it works. And you know, it could be in a series of movies. It could be a trilogy. It could be two movies or whatever. But it it shows that like in a show, it's it pays off. And it's sure. promising yeah. that that yes. Star Wars and Disney is going in this direction. Well, I, getting... I hope they I hope they hear the praises that it gets. Like I really do hope that it's not just people that are podcasting or 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 fan sites or or you know. I hope that like it it goes further than that. Which is why I'm I'm hoping that like it being called Andor doesn't hurt it and people actually watch it, you know, because right. I want them to see the numbers because I think the numbers is what these large corporations care about. And as mm-hmm. long as those numbers yeah. are high, they'll keep going with this type of direction. It doesn't have to be the show. 
The show doesn't have to go five seasons. I know it's not going to, but it, it, you know, some version of this in a different part of the galaxy at a different time, just do that. That's what we need, whether it's a series of movies or whether it's another show, this is what we need, whether it's by this group or another group, do it here and do it 3000 years in the past and, and, and do that story. That's what I want to see. It's also um, proving that yeah. both tones can coexist. Like the galaxy yeah, really, yeah. it really is big enough to have like all these different genres inside of it. Um, and I think like, yeah, it's like, it still feels Star Wars to me. Like they do en- enough of a good job to take, like, first of all, it is Tony Goro's vision. So like he might mm-hmm. say he's not like trying to do a Star Wars, but like ultimately he's probably done his research and like he, he knows well, enough yeah, to yeah, like yeah. keep it kind of, like star wars aesthetic like yeah and he's got a team of people helping him with that um but for this i think the only thing, other thing i wanted to say is like and it ending on ferrix like coming to a head on ferrix it feels fitting to me it feels like um you know they they were talking about a reckoning and really that that episode where they were talking about that it was against pre more more like more so than it was against the empire so for them to yeah. kind of continue that through line and and really have ferrix come together incident over this funeral and and really take a stab back at the empire i think will it will do the story justice overall it'll feel poetic um hopefully and then it will end on such a note where there's still work to be done and there's still kind of surprises waiting for us in the season two yeah for sure um all right so we'll leave it there and we will uh touch back in a little bit with uh, how we felt about the show and how it finished off you'll definitely hear about that um, we also have Escape from New York to talk about in the near future. We have to watch that uh, because Mike won the summer movie wager a few mo- a couple months ago. And that is a movie we're going to watch and review. And also, you know, the sad news of uh, of Batman passing away. The, vo- the voice yeah, Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy passed away. So re- rest in peace for him. But we're rest going to uh, commit to watching at least a handful of episodes and talking about them. Because um, when this show first began four years ago at this point, uh, it was one of my childhood favorites. One of the ones, one of the shows that defined me as a kid. And, uh, I'm more than happy to go back and pay tribute to who I think is Batman and who, you know, a show that also created Harley Quinn and made, uh, Mark Hamill Joker, in my opinion. So, um, all of those things, we're going to, we're going to try and fit that in before the end of the year and get that going. Uh, thank you for sticking with us. Um, I, I normally throw to you, Mike, and say, like, where's everyone going to find us? But I don't know if anyone's going to find anyone on Twitter anytime soon. So, <laughs> aside, so aside from that, where can everyone else find our stuff? Just in place, the little blue bird, uh, you know, runs Disappear. into yeah. a, a well, plane propeller in the next uh, couple it's days. It's sounding more and more like the little blue bird is going to be sucked into a plane propeller. But you, good news is you can still find us on all of the other social media apps like Instagram and TikTok at day back in and we have a patreon page where that's probably the best place to, to follow the show now uh patreon.com slash back in my day and we are still on twitter for the time being and that's again that's yeah, at day back in and if you want to help the show out you can leave us a five-star review on whatever app you're using to mm-hmm. listen to this podcast that really helps yep exactly and uh, i want to actually throw a, a quick thing out there because i have always just forgotten to do this kind of thing when I'm posting episodes and all that. But on Spotify, they have these options where you can put up like a question or a poll or whatever for people that listen. And I think that's going to be something that I'm going to try and do. I'm going to try and come up with stuff that that people can sort of interact and be like, oh, did you like Andor, for example? Or what's your favorite Marvel snap card? Like things like that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to come up with something like that. Maybe one of and those is what's going to be attached to this episode. Stand, stand up. You know what? Yeah. We never talked about our extra life and we had a really good year. <laughs> That's we didn't really we did. plug it that much on the show, but we did a lot of social media. So just thank you to everyone who donated yes. to our extra yes. life page. Big thank we had you. another really great year, but we raised over, I believe over $2,000 Canadian yeah. Yeah, definitely. for a uh, sick kids hospital in Toronto. So, you know, we don't really get any money at doing this podcast. We just get, the friendship and the fun and we get to raise a little money for uh, kids hospitals which we really love doing so thank you to everyone who donated her extra life if you know what extra life is it's a day where we play games where a lot of gamers unite to play games for 24 hours and raise money for their local children's hospitals we do it every year for sick kids hospital in toronto we just had it in november so we'll be doing it again on uh, november 6th but we'll be doing it again next year next november so stay tuned for that 
I know it's a year away, but um, sometimes we do money raising things throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And anyways, mm-hmm. Ian, Dave, you guys did an awesome job on Extra Life. I know we had to do it remote this year. Can't wait to do it again in person next year. And just thanks Looking forward to it. Team. Yeah, yeah, man. It's awesome. That's it. So we got a lot of a lot of good stuff coming up again. Yes, Mike, exactly. Thank you. That's the biggest thing. And um, we're going to do some exciting stuff as the year comes to an end. We're going to return to the backies, I think. We'll come up with one yes, of those again and do, do the backies, a second uh, second annual backies. And uh, until that time, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you soon.